Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. I have a friend who is in charge of a mental health service. I've discovered that we are blessed living in New Jersey because our state ranks number one in mental health facilities. Many other states face mental health service shortage even before the pandemic. It worsened after the pandemic because many psychiatrists, psychologists, and nurses in that field left their practice, citing burnout. I was surprised to hear that because I thought they were supposed to be experts in handling burnout. If the experts on burnout could burn out, what about you and me? According to the 2022 State of Mental Health in America statistic report, one out of five Americans experience mental illness, but less than half of them received treatments. According to NIH, that number is based on diagnosable mental illnesses. That means many other mental disorders are undiagnosable. That makes me wonder how deep this rabbit hole is. After crunching some data from various sources, it seems as much as 75% of population worldwide today have some sort of mental health problem, more or less. It's like a spectrum. I named the most common one BAD, B-A-D, burnout, anxiety, and disturbance. You may have it without knowing it until its adverse effects appear on your medical checkup report. You have heard healthy mind, healthy body. Then how do you keep a healthy mind? And how does a healthy spirit contribute to a healthy mind? So I asked my friend, that mental health professional, if the church could help with people's mental well-being. Since they are running at capacity, maybe we could help. He says, absolutely. Fewer people would end up at his mental health clinic if more people went to church and developed their spiritual health. Body, mind, and spirit intertwined. But it's against the law for him to recommend his patients to attend church. I wonder why some people are more resilient to bad, burnout, anxiety, and disturbances. Last week, I mentioned Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who survived 11 years in the concentration camp because he developed a solid spiritual anchor to maintain his sanity. I've also discovered many like him who managed to maintain their sanity despite a profound tragedy. Jesus described this kind of life as building your house on the rock so it will not collapse under severe storms. Storms are coming for sure because we live in a fallen world and we are dealing with fallen people. It reminds me of the childhood story of the three little pigs. The first one built his house with straws and the second one with sticks and the third one with bricks. 
When the big bad wood comes, he will huff and puff and blow the house down. In the children version of the story, the first two pigs are described as lazy, but as a real-life allegory, they just don't know better. They are just uninformed or misinformed. I've discovered that many people today have lost the wisdom to build their spiritual house with bricks or on the rock, as Jesus said. I discovered two reasons. Today's culture often casts doubt on traditional values, teaching people that they can build their life on anything they feel right. So they end up building their life on sinking sands. When the big bad wolf comes, their lives crumble. The other reason is that many churches have watered down the solid ground, thinking we are just one of the ways instead of the way. Fear of persecution, unlike Jesus, who risked his life to deliver the cornerstone for people to build on. In today's scripture lesson, Jesus risked his life to deliver himself as the cornerstone to build our life on. It will prevent your life from collapsing under stress and give you indescribable joy and peace as you journey through life. So let's take a look. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to John chapter 11, verses 1 to 53, selected. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Verse 14, Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Verse 20, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. While Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mother said to him, I know that, that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. 
Verse 38, Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Mother, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what he had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone would believe in him, and the Romans would come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. Verse 53. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. John 11, 1 to 53, selected. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. That is a long story that needs lengthy interpretation, but the story's main point is Jesus came to answer the big question. Who is Jesus? In the most profound manner. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John 11, 25 to 26. Jesus said that he is the resurrection and the life. That's equal to saying that he is the creator, the author of life. No founder of any religion ever dared to say that. Jesus had made many claims before this. The Son of God, the Messiah, the one sent by the Father, etc. But none of them is as profound as this one. He is the author of life the creator, God in flesh. Then he asks, do you believe this? I know it's hard to believe because it's beyond reason and science. And I have no way to prove to you that he is God in flesh. But I have discovered that it's much riskier not to believe than to believe because it determines where you build your life on. Without him, people build their houses with straws and sticks. They will collapse when hit by the storms of life. That's why it matters. I'm not saying we should believe him merely for our own well-being. If what he says is true, we are designed by him to live, move, and have our being in him. As Paul said, for in him we live, move, and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offsprings. Acts 17.28 If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, it means he is our creator and we have wholeness only in him. 
I told this once to a young man to convince him to believe in Christ for his own well-being. He's very articulate and very talented at debating. He immediately lashed back at me, saying, "That's putting the cart in front of the horse." I was dumbfounded at his eloquence, but suddenly got a quick wit and said, "All right, I'm showing you the cart because you can't see the horse. The cart is your life. If it is not moving in the right direction, you must have attached it to the wrong thing." You can put it in front of the horse or elsewhere at your own risk, but you've got nothing to lose in trying Jesus out to see if your life becomes more joyful, peaceful, and fruitful. He's not binding you, but he sets you free. Saint Augustine discovered this after trying many other options. He said, "You made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you." If you have read Saint Augustine's biography, you know he was a playboy, but couldn't find true happiness anywhere until he surrendered his life to Christ. Why? He said, because God created us for Himself. Without God, we build our castle on the sand. Without Christ, we are a house of cards. It falls apart when the big bad wolf comes to huff, puff, and blow it down. Jesus risked his life to deliver this message because he knew he would be crucified when he exposed himself as the author of life. This miracle is the straw that broke the camel's back. The religious leaders decided to kill him after this event. Yet this message was so important for his disciples to know that Jesus risked his life for it. It says accordingly. Though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Verses five to six. Jesus could have come sooner to heal Lazarus before he died, to prevent triggering the rage of the religious leaders because they function in fear. But it says he delayed two days to wait until Lazarus died. And his purpose was to show his disciples that he was more than what they thought. It says, "Then Jesus told them plainly, 'Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him.'" Verses fourteen to fifteen. He says, "For their sake, he waited until Lazarus died. He wanted them to believe he was more than a prophet, more than a messiah." But God Himself, so they were about to witness something unthinkable, because according to Jewish faith, the holy God cannot walk on the sinful earth. But they were wrong. Jesus decided to drive the last nail in the coffin of their doubts. Then it says Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, "Let us also go, that we may die with him." Verse sixteen. The doubting Thomas was sarcastic as usual. It was risky for Jesus to go to Judea at this point because the religious leaders wanted to silence him. That's why Thomas implied that going to Judea could be deadly. But Jesus wanted them to see what they had never seen before he went to the cross. This miracle sets the cornerstone of their faith and turned these cowards into warriors. 
Before this, their houses were built on straws and sticks. Now Jesus gave them bricks to build their houses that could stand against the storms of life. He said he's the resurrection and the life. How could that be? I won't logically argue why what Jesus said is true because many great scholars have done a great job on that. I think the best among them is C.S. Lewis because he could put it in plain language. There's no reason to doubt that he is the holy God in flesh. As Paul said, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. My main concern here is to answer the second part of the question, why it matters. First, it matters to you regarding your health and well-being. Life is a series of storms. Without him, we are like the first two houses in the three little pigs story. The wolf will come and show his teeth and say, Then I will huff and I will puff and I will blow your house down. It's not to scare people, but it depicts the reality of life in this fallen world. Remember, the bad of the big bad wolf represents burnout, anxiety, and disturbance. Only in Jesus Christ we build a brick house that no storms can knock out. As the psalmist wrote, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalm 118, 21-23 That strong sense of security God has provided us is marvelous. We need it even more at trying times like these. The second reason why it matters is that we have a mission to help others build storm-proof houses. As the statistics show, many people today live in a fragile, mental, emotional, and spiritual homes that cannot stand the huff and puff of the big bad wolf. Like the disciples, we have a calling to help them build their life on the rock with Jesus Christ as their chief cornerstone. So let's do it together. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom, purpose, and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.